Hello, and welcome to Crowdflix and Chill. Woo! The film podcast <laughs> on a terrible journey to find the ultimate sweet spot between a film so bad it's actually fun to watch and a bad film that is just plain unwatchable. My name is Jamie Ballantyne and I'm joined, as always, by the man swimming his way into all of our hearts. It's Joe Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How are you this evening, buddy? Hey, buddy, I'm good. You sounded quite sexy at the start there, I just have to say. I thought I'd mix it up and, like, you listen, I listen back to every edit and I start with the same intonation of, hello and welcome to, so I was like, I'm going to take it down a notch, you know, catch people off guard for any long-time listeners. <laughs> really, like just yourself. really took me by surprise, yeah. <laughs> so go hang on, this is the, the After Hours podcast. This is uh, Late Night Sex Chats with Joe and Jamie. Guys, as always, here's my bit. Yeah, I just wanted to remind you, uh, a proper friendly reminder that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and now Facebook, or Facebook too, Woo! at, at uh, Facebook too. Is that a different platform? I love it. Maybe that's an advanced version. Um, at Graphlix Podcast for our weekly animated releases for each new episode. We also share some visual gags that we notice from the films we're watching, plug other podcasts uh, that we love, and generally talk about films all day long with people. So if you want to get involved... Jump right in. There's a space on the sofa for you, man. Crack open a beer and kick back. I'm so sorry, Joe. I've completely thrown off our flow. <laughs> I know. I've done something like, completely. I was like, do camera. I need to put on a good voice now? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I felt like you're about to open up the Urban Legends podcast. This <laughs> like, is the Urban Legends. Jesus. Hello. <laughs> Actually, do you know what it sounded like? It sounded like the way I used to open it back in season one. Oh, I always used to say, make it more like, hello, hello. welcome to this. And you did it. Hello. You're, you're ripping me, really. <laughs> you're taking the piss out of me. That's what's happening, Jamie. No, I, I'm going down. Uh, I'll stand by this sexy thing. I had, I had someone say I had a voice for radio the other day, which is generally always an insult because what, what's wrong with no, my no, face? No, no, no. Fa- face for radio is the insult. Oh, voice okay. for radio is fine. Oh, I took it as an it's insult. Got a- <laughs> it's like, how dare you? You're like, how dare you? Get the fuck away from me. <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry. You just have a caramel voice. Okay. Uh, well, right. it's probably a good thing people can only hear my, my, my voice and not my face. Uh, what we, what, what's going on, Joe? What have we got on Crapflix and Chill tonight? Oh, we have a doozy, my man. Uh, we are back to a Crapflix. Absolutely, unequivocally, we are back to a Crapflix. Amazing. So I'm going to do that thing where I read the story plot. <sighs> Fingers on buzzers. And you work out. You work out what you know, what you think is going going on here. What you think? <laughs> um, okay, here it is. Intertwined stories examine the complexities of all, uh, of the one emotion that connects us all. Among the characters explored are Sarah, a graphic designer Woo! whose devotion to her mentally ill brother complicates her life, and Harry, a married man tempted by his attractive new secretary, and David a newly elected Prime Minister. What do you think that is, Jamie? Radio silence. Why did I have to think so hard about it? It's love, actually. <laughs> it's love, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what it was? Uh, I got really fixated on the fact that you, like, when you said their names, it was like, David. And I was just kind of like, oh my God, that's not like, I can't think of any films of people called David in it. 
So the, the, uh, let, me, let me be honest here with, with, uh, with the listening audience and yourself. Uh, the delay to the start of the recording of this podcast was me frantically editing the plot summary to sound less like Love Actually so that you wouldn't get it in two seconds. Because uh, originally it was like an, uh, an intertwining love story of nine people. I was like, he's going to get this. So I was like, how can I make this sound like something else? I know we've broken code. I know I said, I know we said we would uh, only do uh, a Christmas special for the end one, but fuck it. We're, we're in, we're in the midst of December now, but the time this comes out will be very in the the end of December. And what worse way to start this season than one of the most deplorably bad films ever. I really hate this film and I hope you hate it too. Cause if you love it, I still hate it and I can hate it enough for the both of us. I don't, I don't disdain it. I think I've definitely seen it enough times at so many different Christmas events. Now I'm very indifferent to it. The only thing that is now annoying about it, and it's a completely random throwaway line, which out of any other context would not annoy anybody else. But when Colin Firth's character, spoiler, goes back and sees his family at Christmas and then runs off again to be with his Portuguese or Rayla, whatever he is, one of the little girls just goes, I hate Uncle Jamie. And that has now become a massive meme in my family because uh, I am now an uncle. Um, and oh, yeah. it, was, it was joked about last Christmas and it's already been joked about this Christmas. So uh, that alone is reason enough to hate this film, for me at least. So... I'm hoping in in the way that we do, us watching it and mutually uh, taking the piss out of it together will give me a newfound love for this film. So really there's a... Considering this film is going to be around in my life every Christmas for the rest of my life. Like, I don't know... I can't think of a Christmas uh, season... For uh, since it came out, that this film hasn't been around my life. Yeah, like, is one. And I think when people talk about like how often they rewatch films, they kind of forget about Christmas films and the fact that there's just this like tendency to just rewatch them every single season. Um, I would much rather watch a Home Alone. Maybe that can we maybe we can line up a good flicks for next year for Home Alone. Ooh, yeah. But but yeah, no. I thought this is this would be a fun a fun light hearted. Uh, Attack at a quite lovely film that's kind of annoying and very British. And if you can't handle it, get out the kitchen because we're turning up the heat, baby. Yeah, baby. Uh, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, which is, I don't know, it seems wild to me, but obviously there will be some Millennials. This film came out in 2003. It's got quite a hilariously low 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, although it did have a ni- uh, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. The film's originally two hours and nine minutes long, but there's no fucking way we're doing that, <laughs> so we're going to commit to the hour. Uh, Radio Times gave it a three out of five. Thanks, Radio Times. Um so that's it. That's that's really the, the, the preamble <laughs> to this. Thanks, Radio Times. <laughs> it's a Richard Curtis film, isn't it? So he yeah. did all of the like Notting Hill and Four Weddings and everything about this film is very that. So I'm sure we're going to get into it. But um, it's on Netflix if you fancy watching along. But if you don't, then I don't blame you. Well, I think it'll be an interesting perspective because uh, I feel I hate this film now more as a single man. But the fact that you've also consistently disliked it as well uh means you know whether you're you're single in a relationship polyamorous whatever your deal is you know we can all get behind hating this film you know we love to hate it actually hey i like that uh right (laughs) god bada bing shall we yes so three two one play 
So there's a few device, there's a few plot devices that absolutely do work about Love Actually. I quite like the five week, four week, three week, two week countdown that happens. Uh, I like I like films that are framed very obviously like that. Really, that uh, annoys me. Just, well, especially for Christmas films because it makes me go, I'm not doing this five weeks before Christmas. What's wrong with them? No, but then if you think of like the when sh- when shops start presenting Christmas stuff, like it is very much more than five weeks before Christmas. So I do think the world gets Christmasier, but I think your people's readiness to feel Christmassy is in direct correlation with how how on it they feel with presents. Because I think one of the biggest anxieties around Christmas is not having your presents ready, not getting things done, and being like, shit, 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 I've got to buy all of these things for all these people. We right? literally just had the discussion of our ladies and gentlemen where I said, look, we're a couple of, well, a time of recording, you know, a couple of uh, weeks into December already, and I'm starting to panic because I've got no presents. Um, and yeah, I'm starting to feel the pressure now. So maybe this finger will help me pull my finger... This finger? This film will help me pull my finger out and bite something. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very overly romantic view of what it looks like to be at a terminal building. Like Hugh Grant is obviously saying this thing like, oh, if you want to know love, look at a terminal building. It's like, no, this isn't what a terminal building's like. Everyone's got like a sweaty ass crack because they've been on a yeah. plane too long. Everyone's just shuffling along, especially at the moment. There's like shit tons of COVID um, restrictions and things going on. And Everyone's pissed off from having queued up a, a passport control. They just want to get out of there, get home. Yeah. This makes it look like everyone is super joyous coming out of a terminal, and I just don't believe it. Love actually. Oh, they're talking about the name of the film. You know it's a Richard Curtis when Hugh Grant's in it. Yeah. He was basically like the vehicle for Richard Curtis for quite some time, wasn't he? Oh, I do I do kind of love Bill Nye in this. Because he's doing uh, such a piss take. Toes. Toes. <laughs> oh, we're, it's a British film, everybody. It's Richard Curtis, England. Ah, fuck. I like that he's just this like pissed up, washed out rock star. Yeah. I love it. I think it's quite funny. But then he takes the piss in the actual film itself of other bands at the time. So it's quite hard to tell. Like, <laughs> is this what happened to Bill Nye's career? I've told you that when I worked in West London... Bill Nye used to literally walk past my office because I had a big office window looking out to the street and he'd see me and every day he would salute me. What? Why was he... I what were not, you wearing? Were you an admiral? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I did it first. I tend to salute people quite a lot when I see them. Makes sense. Um, and I think I must have started saluting him and I think he found it really funny. So then he started doing it back. So then it became this ongoing joke that when he, when he oh, walked past, the guy. he would salute and chuckle, yeah. which I thought was quite cool. Mate, that's a wicked story. I like that. Basically, we're best mates. <laughs> I might just, yeah, I'm going to start saluting people now and hope one of them may become a celebrity and remember me. That exact same street as, as seeing him all the time, I once physically harassed, bumped into, into Carl Pilkington and also had a conversation with Russell Tovey. So yeah, boom. It's a good, it's, it's good, it's good, it's a good place. That's what happens <laughs> when you're not stuck in your house all day. If you're out and about on the streets, you can actually see people. <laughs> this is it. Uh, the other character I have, um, not necessarily a hell of a lot of time for in this film, but was hilariously an inspiration uh, for me was uh, Colin, um, and the idea that oh, if a British guy goes over to America the accent alone is going to net him absolute babes. Uh, The irony being when I last went to New York uh, a couple of years ago, (laughs) 
<laughs> I got with an English girl who lived barely one borough over from where I lived in London. So I flew halfway around the world to get <laughs> trying to use my accent and <laughs> ended up not backfiring as such, but it wasn't the exact results. So would you say then that it doesn't work? <laughs> Because, okay, for, for the listeners, you've probably seen on the on the cover art that is done for each episode uh, on Instagram, Jamie's a good-looking man. So I'm pretty sure, accent aside, he could pull a lot. So I'm interested to know if there was any correlation. Sounds like there wasn't between your accent and being an American. Does anybody, any American and or Canadian uh, uh, listeners, oh, fuck it, uh, from, from all around the world, non, non-UK residents, what do you think of my voice? Yes or no? <laughs> would, would you just on the back what of this? Yeah. Oh, here's a question. Who do you think's got the, the sexier voice? Me or Jamie? Well, hang on. We, we need to have a, a sex off now. Um, se- say something really sexy. <laughs> sex off? What does that look like? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm far too British. You say something sexy. How are you doing? Hey, girl. You go on. I'm putting on an American accent. That's not helping. <laughs> that, that's so just confusing. quite a lot, but... <laughs> But we've missed uh, Colin Firth's character. Jamie. House, uh, to his ill girlfriend, Jamie. Uh, and his girlfriend is in bed. Et Cheating et whore. Then we've moved on to a guy who's grieving the loss of his wife. And this is Emma Thompson being an adorable, very nice uh, mother. So does uh, Liam Neeson's um, uh, story arc not pull on your heartstrings? Oh, of course it does. But okay. it's such a device, isn't it? It's like, feel sorry for this man who's lost his wife. Like, you're going to... Of course you're going to. Who wouldn't? You'd be a sociopath to not feel sorry for him. Yeah. So I don't. I feel like it's like not. Because this is it right now. This it's guy. Just right out the gate. I'm not this awkward, but you know, I'm. I'm. I can be geeky and gawky. So you know, I. I have game, but I have a very odd game. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're not that guy. Are you joking? Also, this is a a, a storyline between uh, Stacy from Gavin and Stacy and the dude from The Office, and he's just they're just like uh, mock having sex, uh, like stage having sex uh, for some film or something, right? Are they like body doubles yeah. or something? I guess they're body doubles for whoever the Bane, I don't know, Brad Pitt actor or whatever. So I've got a tip here for you. When they're in the office that you just saw, yeah. Um, there is a poster in the background, which is two African ladies carrying bales of things on their head. And originally there was an additional story where it would cut to them and it would be about their love story and it would zoom into the poster and there's a whole other story, but they cut it out because they're racist. No, they just cut it out. Fuck it. So, that's some trivia right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like, I'm pretty sure most of the audience thought that these two were gay together when I first saw it. Oh, Jack, stop it, Jack. All right, this is a crap flicks, right? No, this is the worst film ever. Fuck me, get that chin off the screen. How dare you? How dare you make me sit through two Kira Knightley films in one season, Joe? I mean, in a way, that's kind of why I knew you'd hate it. And that's why I was surprised that you were like, oh, I don't hate it. I, I like, totally forgot. In it. And then the door opened and this big, blurry, pink chin pushed its way through. And I went, oh, fuck me, it's Kira Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> I um, hu- I love the evolution of Hugh Grant in the world of Richard Curtis films, and now he's literally the prime minister. It's hilarious. Is there like some hilarious film theory about um, Hugh Grant? Uh, all the all of the Richard Curtis films that Hugh Grant's in are actually connected, and he basically works his way up to being prime minister from like 
uh, Notting Hill or whatever, because that would be great. I like that. Yeah, me too. Do you know what's horrible about this? Marty McCutcheon is brought in, and she looks great. Amazing body, lovely, lovely yep. girl. And the whole story is that this lady here is calling her like fat and thunder thighs and all this stuff. It's like, it's just disgusting. Oh, yeah. She, she's a London girl as well. So she's got a bit of an accent and yeah, therefore it's yeah. like dumb and like, yeah, I don't like that. I think she's fit. Oh, I'm, I'm too bad. Oh, I'm such a fucking loser. Oh, I'm, I'm, such a fucking cunt. What am I doing? Oh, no, it's, uh. it's fine. It's fine. I'm just so charmingly befuddling. Oh, it's Hugh Grant. Oh. Who employed this person in the Prime Minister's office to make this many vocal mistakes in one exchange? Can, can you She'd imagine? Be fired immediately. She'd like even he wouldn't have a say. The staff would be like, she can't stay here. She walks into like a really important meeting and it's like, fuck me, that's a giant nuclear missile. You can't be doing that, David. <laughs> yeah fuck me my tits just fell out what am i gonna do oh shit shit bollocks shit shitty shit, twat shit fuck. Fuck cunt. Uh, oh shitty fuck fuck cunt fuck fuck hey ho shitty shitty fuck cunt shitty, shitty, shitty fuck, fuck cunt, cunt. we love you hey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they wrote her script so yeah there you go <laughs> little trivia point there as well it's also what they originally wanted to call a uh, shitty uh, chitty chitty bang bang <laughs> Um, she's gorgeous though I'm sorry look at the chin fuck me stop acting with your face I'm sorry she's gorgeous like I will stand up for Kira Knightley here she's a very attractive careful girl. if you stand up she might poke you in the eye and you have to sit down <laughs> <laughs> it's the purple and the pink shirts that make them look like a couple a gay couple together. I wouldn't have a tie that closely matched to the shirt I think you know you need that contrast that looks a bit stupid uh, can I say if anyone had surprised me at my wedding with something like this, I would have cringed and cried about it. Yeah, this is this is feeling a bit. Ugh. It's too much. It's it's. Oh so, no, it's love. Actually, it's so over the top. Fuck me. No, it's and also who isn't noticing like the various trombones and stuff that come out? Later? <laughs> well, the fact they don't have that many friends at the uh, the fucking wedding because half of them are the fucking bands. Yeah, this is it. It's like, why don't we know any of these people? There's <laughs> a the guy sat with a guitar under his fucking chair. That's how I sound when I sing. Ba, ba, da, ba, da. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. There's, there's people with flute. Who the fuck are these guys? Oh, they didn't know it's these people with the fucking whatever that is a French horn or a trumpet or something. The thing that also annoys me that guy can't play guitar. I can you can spot it a mile off for guitarists in particular when someone can't play the instrument. Also, that's like they could have got a guitarist. Why wouldn't they just get a guitarist? Exactly. This is Jamie. Your character in this is has a horrible time. Well, hang on. Who's my character? Because this guy's called Jamie, but I think I'm probably more like Colin. Uh, you you normally cast well, but me. your namesake then. My namesake. Your namesake. Yeah, he has a fucking shit story as well. Like. I think that's the one thing I'll say that gives this gives this film edge, even though it's like, a, oh, we need to watch it until like because it's Christmas. There's a lot of fucking dark stories in here about like infidelity and you know loss, and you know uh, it could easily have gone the other way. You you can or unrequited love, and you know it's it has a bit of depth. It's not like a traditional cheesy rom com, so it's got that. Um, I don't know how any brothers would uh, reconcile after something like that happened. Well, uh, fortunately for me and my brother, um, 
I have uh, much, much. No, actually, no, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just. It, it just wouldn't happen. My, my brother's not on my league. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh my god! What you think you're? You think you're better looking than your brother? Sorry, the, the whole big thing about my best man speech at his wedding was the fact he couldn't even get a, a, a girlfriend until he was getting married. So yeah, I've got way more game than my brother. Oh my god, you're savage! I think your brother's very handsome. Yeah, but you know he could probably count how many <laughs> birds he's gotten with if we're going down the English uh, road. Uh, on yeah, one hand, this is worse than this is worse than cheating on uh, your brother. <laughs> You're absolutely slating him here today. You, <laughs> thank fuck, he definitely doesn't listen to. I was going to so say, I'm not going. I'm not going to call out his name, but my my brother, you you know who you are. If you are listening, uh, you know I love you, but come on, you 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 know I got game. And if you are listening, I think you're a great looking guy and Jamie can go fuck <laughs> off, basically. So if all else fails in your, in your marriage, Ian, you know, it's, you know, you've got some backup options. Oh God, I said his name. Oh shit. Oh, uh, no, no. Let's say Ian B. No, that's too obvious. Ian B. I, Valentine. Uh, Matt. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what his uh, email address is. But. You think you're Colin? That god of sex idiot who picks his nose. No, you're not. You're not Colin. I, I put it to you that I wouldn't be friends with you if you were Colin. True. Colin's really annoying. <laughs> Unless you see yourself. Also, not for nothing, he's also not attractive at all. No, but it's like, okay, okay, give me give, give me a Martin Freeman and combine it a bit more with Colin's personality in this film. Yeah, you're more you're more him, this guy, Martin Freeman. That's Yeah, more sorry, you. earlier you're like, oh, this guy from The Office. What, sorry, Martin Freeman of Office Sherlock and Hobbit fame. Yes, well, I couldn't remember his name. I do think it's quite wild that Stacey from Kevin Stacey's got a tits out here, but I don't know why. Also, what is he possibly doing, this guy? What is that? They're just nice tits. Is that the same guy from the car? I don't know. Sorry. Was that guy that just walked on, is he the guy who is also Colin's yeah. friend? Is this the same dude? It's all part of the right. interweaving The narrative. thing I've noticed about this film, having watched it every year, is pretty much every scene has a referential moment that links the next scene after it. Yeah. So we go for, oh, I don't know. Well, we've just gone from <laughs> naked fondling to funeral. So I, I, I don't want to make that link, but I know what you mean. A lot of Murder? Them, a lot <laughs> of them know. do have that crossover. <laughs> Maybe she was murdered, although she wasn't. <laughs> This is very sad. My point is this. We've had about 30 seconds of screen time with Liam Neeson and he's a good actor and this scene is powerfully done and it's great and you've got Emma Thompson so you've got all of the ability to cry here. I just don't feel like the payoff. I don't know. I don't trust. I don't like front-facing setups of films where you're instantly like, feel sorry for this person. Yeah. I don't know. Like clearly they have gone through something, but you're you're thrown in quite hard at the deep end here. I've never also got my head around the visual look of the, his that like pixie-ish young boy who learns to play the drums. Like his face, I find really alarming <laughs> and that's really horrible. <laughs> but he looks like a nymph. See, if we built up to this and this was the end of the film, you would be in floods at this point. Whereas actually, I think there's... Of course. There's a, it's, it's actually, again, really sorry for Emma Thompson's character. She's got this part of the narrative, and then the other part of the narrative is her cheating husband. She's re she's the one who really goes through the, the roughest arc in this whole thing. 
She does, and she is. But again, there's a payoff to that. Exactly, yeah. Because the story, the way the crescendo of that storyline is horrendous, and you're like, oh when no. When she sees like, the, the, the CD, the Joni Mitchell CD, and goes upstairs, has a little cry, and then goes back down for the family. Yeah, that is that's pretty heartbreaking. And I doubt we're actually going to get there because I think that's, that's in the second cool, half. Yeah. So stop filming me, Walking yeah. Dead man. But yeah. Do, do, don't you think this is all geared to look like Andrew Lincoln of Walking Dead fame is pointing his camera at the guy? Oh, and she even references it, I think. But that was what I thought. There you go. Do you love him? There you go. Between the camera, the setting up of the wedding, and the weird, slightly matching outfits. And that's Laura Linney from, like, The Truman Show and, and stuff. Uh, She's a great new actress. season of Ozark, hopefully, coming out soon. She's brutal. Yes, in that. very good in that as well. I mean, it's pretty star-studded, Joe. You got to give her that, and that's always a good sign of a crap flicks. Yeah, I. Um, d- Although okay. this is quite a lot of stars. <laughs> I mean, this is part of my part of my problem with this film. Is yes, I get it. It's an anthology. It, it twists along, and because of the the connecting ish storylines and connecting people, it does have a flow to it. But I just. It's just too much. You get assaulted with all these different storylines at once. So you, you can and you never. The screen time for each individual story is so low that you can't really connect with any of it, don't you think? Um, this might be a closing argument, but I want to just bring it up now. Have you seen Pr- uh, Prime Video's Modern Love? No. Okay. I think Modern Love does what this is is trying to cram in, and basically goes right. Here's however many six stories or whatever they're going to get their own full tv episode we're going to flesh them out um and that's how like a similar ish anthology of exploring like love and relationships but just outside the christmas period i think modern love does it so much well and equally they're not all happy endings you know some are quite tragic as well um yeah uh r.i.p alan rickman uh i will say the secretary that just walked in She's a very good-looking actress, but they've given her this horrendous black bowl chop that I don't understand where it comes from. Like, why have they made her look so gross? I don't get it. They could have just given her a nice, like, long blonde hair or something, made her a bit more stereotypical, I suppose, but... Oh, I don't know. It's just a terrible hairstyle. Because she's, she's playing, she's playing the whore character, Joe. Yeah, but why does she have to be have a bowl chop if she's a whore? Is that like a prerequisite? <laughs> I guess so. Ah, <laughs> uh, that would be the bowl chopped whore from the office. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is nice. I I like the whole like secret office crush type storyline. That's quite sweet. Um, yeah, I don't know why she's dressed like a like a old lady it's see this, this is why and you also need to this guy this, is what, this guy who's from like westworld and 300 and stuff he is a gorgeous man and i always used to say when i watched this when i was younger he looks like a live action aladdin <laughs> <laughs> see he's he's the whatever designer of this office which is why you know i need to get myself back into an office and you know what want to picture myself as the the fit designer of the office as i walk into the boss's room be like oh he's in there transition it was on the radio, then they're in the radio station. Yeah. Oh, I love this guy. What's his name? Is that Marcus uh, Marcus, Bri- Ma- Ma- Marcus Brigstock? Something like that? This comedian in the background? Um, Mark Brigstock? I should know. Recognisable. He's definitely a guy. Uh, we saw him at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. It was really funny. 
This guy, Bill Nye, actually reminds me quite a lot of the mannerisms of my dad. Like, it's <laughs> like my dad when he's like a few sheets to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very British way of saying drunk, guys. So when uh, that scene later when he's playing with all the fit Santa ladies around him, you can see your dad doing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get in all the babes. Radio Watford. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Watford. <laughs> no, I have anything personally against that. I have some close friends from Watford. They've got quite a funny little relationship, <laughs> him and his manager. It makes you kind of wonder, been like, it, it, is, it, was anything ever there? Is it just is it purely kind of like nice? Oh, no, no, no. I think they're the perfect expression of platonic love. And actually, I think the way their storyline wraps up is beautiful. Just that he's like, oh, you know, you know, my the love of my life has been you. Because, you know, he's been like a drug-saddled rock star yeah. who's been like surrounded by fame and popularity. And who's been there this whole time. But his only true friend is the dude. Yeah, yeah I, lo- I love that. I actually think it's a very, his story is very charming, I think. Yeah, he, he, play, he plays the straight man well to his um, his comedian. It's a good, good partnership. If you really, really love Christmas... <laughs> Oh, look at this cabinet meeting. I, um, I don't think uh, any prime ministerial office uh, has gone anything like this. Like a conversation like this with these people around there talking like this. I just don't think this happens. Yeah. Oh, oh fucking pig bollocks. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, no. Oh, shit, David. I forgot your favorite tea. Oh, tits my fanny wank. <laughs> Sorry, we started this off by saying, oh, she's unfairly targeted in this film. Oh, we've done nothing but berate her every time she comes on screen. No, 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 no. no, no. What I said was she has been unfairly targeted for her weight when she looks genuinely gorgeous. Like, and this was her coming from playing a, a character on EastEnders where she was visibly a lot heavier. So I was like, this is her looking really well. And the whole storyline is like, what a fat bitch. It's like, Ugh. I know, but I was also defending her, her accent and her voice as to not like, uh, be, a an indicator of intelligence. And yeah, all we've done is like, oh, fucking shit. Cut. Fuck. What? <laughs> In her credit, she did actually have a scene just then when she was just fine <laughs> and did things like a professional. So she obviously got bollocked in the background. Yeah. Speaking of getting bollocked, we're back to uh, Stacey and, uh, Look and, at them uh, tips. What's his face? Hey, wouldn't be a crap flick without a bit of nudity. Uh, I've forgotten this actor's name again, but he's actually very good, isn't he? He's in a lot of things. Martin he's Freeman. Very, oh, Martin Freeman. Yeah. I really liked him when he was in The Office, but I've also liked him in pretty much everything else I've ever seen him in. He's one of those, like, you know, you know he can do the comedy things like this, but he does have like that like slightly serious side to him as well that he can pull out of the bag. And he was great in The Hobbit. It's just that The Hobbit didn't need to be three films yeah. long and it was terrible, but he was good. But hey, that could be a future crap flicks. Although, if we watch just the first hour of The Hobbit, it's going to be absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> just be thumb in the Shire for fucking an hour. <laughs> you realise you've singed this Colin now. I'm going to think of you as Colin now moving forwards. Which I don't think is a good look for anyone. <laughs> hey, all I said is if, I, if it ends up like the end of the film, I'll be Colin. I'll, t- I'll take the negativity because I, I know the American and Canadian and international audiences love me. Am I right, ladies? Let us know, crapflixpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up at crapflixpodcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or if you live in the London area, find Jamie on Tinder or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm on a Bumble and Hinge, hit up the Southwest. <laughs> you should be on Unhinged. Hey, hey, hey. All right. All right. Stupid lipstick, horrible hair, 
terrible face. Like, and that's she, Alan Rickman. I've seen oh. her in other stuff. I've, <laughs> I've seen her in other things and she looks fine. What have they done to her in this film? I suppose it's also annoying that she's so annoying and all of her lines are like dripping with like his jizz from his, her mouth. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, every line is like dripping with fanny juice. Like, would anyone? Would he like someone who was that obvious? Is he that lame? Are men that lame? Probably. We've had this discussion a few times before about temptation, and you know, none more so recent than swim fan. And again, it's like there's definitely a point where you know you shouldn't be even remotely close to that scenario because if you put yourself in the one-on-one scenario, um, you know, in that situation with a girl doing what she's doing or whatever, there's a you know, uh, a natural human element to being being aroused or turned on that's going to make you think with your dick instead of your head and do something stupid. So don't even entertain the idea in the first place, lads. That's a lovely kitchen. Ugh. See, now you're getting London envy, not just American envy. And I do love Frosted Flakes. I, mean, I think I'm getting rich person envy. <laughs> that's what I'm getting. <laughs> well, hey, you're having your kitchen redone. Yours will be nice and shiny soon enough. I can't wait to be that person that's got like the best kitchen and everyone's like, whoa, because, you know, life is about superficial things. (laughs) (laughs) Life is about having more than everybody else. Okay, so they are likable. Uh, I suppose they had to frame it by explaining the situation he's in. I don't know. I think, do you know what I think it is? Emma Thompson is such a naturalistic actor in this. And I think she's so... Everyone knows an Emma Thompson, right? Everyone knows this person in their life. Someone who's grounded, there for you, but won't take your bullshit. Like, it's such a good energy. And, you know, all praise people who are like that in life because, you know, it's it's so important. You know what, John? I'm going to go on the limb here. What? I don't think this is a crap flicks. Oh, come on. I think this is a... You hate to like it film, but you still watch it because every time there's some, there's some criticism we're making here, something will pull us back. Something will be like, oh, but that's like, you know, this is a really good actor or actually, you know, this, this scene does make sense or, oh, have you noticed they do this little editing thing? Dengar, I know that, I know the vibe of why it is within this realm. But I don't think it's an out and out crap flicks. I think there's there's a, a fucking hell of a lot of star power here that is pulling this film through. Oh, no. I think no, you'd have to I, take I, out I, half I, of the A listers in this to be more of a crap flicks. I'm ready to I'm ready to talk about this with you at the end, because I maintain none of these characters are developed enough. And my slight my slight points about some good acting does not make up for the complete lack of content that you would love to see for quite a lot of these storylines. And that to me makes it incredibly frustrating. So I suppose as mini shorts, yeah, they're good, but as a, as a collective story, I, I don't, but I, don't the, think it works. I think that makes it more of a bad film rather than the crap flicks. Cause we're not kind of like laughing history. We de- we're not having the same vibe about this. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. Is what I'm feeling, but Hey, it's Christmas. Okay, I do fucking hate this song. It gets played far too much in this, and it's too much of an obvious, like, oh, sad romantic moment trope. Also, okay, 
completely superficially drink every time the song plays completely superficially he's not banging her he's finding some 21 year old in central london and banging her <laughs> like he's 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 a fuck boy so fit so fit and they try and like geek him up with some glasses but he's so fit i'm a designer because i wear glasses why would he want the like frumpy, slightly dumpy? I don't know. Like, I'm just not into it. I don't. I don't. I don't think that would happen at all. Couple, couple of drinks. And, okay, this guy again. This guy. You get Colin Firth into a film, and he barely does anything. He moves out. To, he moves out to this place. He's got a language barrier. That's it. He's done. Like obrigado. Like if you really, if you really look at every story in this, it's. It's really underdeveloped. It's like Richard Curtis had nine storylines that he could put half-ass effort into and just clump them all together. <laughs> right, I can't be bothered to make make nine films. <laughs> I'm just going to zhuzh them all in. Sorry, sir, here's your fucking bail. No, I can't, I can't. I tried to defend her before. God damn it. <laughs> oh, what is it, David? <laughs> oh, it's going back to... Um, Oh, fucking Breed. Who was the actress that we were really ripping into her voice from that? She spoke with a lisp. Taryn Manning. Yeah. Taryn Manning. Hey, it's Taryn Manning from Breed. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's not too fucking bad, eh? Hey, nothing wrong with Wandsworth. Then you fucking go slagging it off. When did you say this came out? 2001? 2002? Two, uh, 2003 it came out. Okay. I actually remember being young enough to have gone to the Odeon that was in Jersey and it was like, I remember seeing the poster for it and being like, oh, there's quite a lot of people that I know in that, even as like a young kid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize they could get that many people on the poster. Here, here she is talking about her thighs like they're big. They're just not big. That's oh, why they call her thunder thighs. She waddles out of the room. <laughs> I mean, fucking hell. A Prime Minister could do worse for a scandal than, than banging his uh, whatever tea. What is she? I was going to call her a tea lady, but it's definitely not that. Like, house staff? Concierge? But also, other than the humour of Hugh Grant being Prime Minister, what is the relevance of this character being the Prime Minister? Like, this could just as easily be any office, you know? Like, I suppose there's that whole bit where he does that impassioned speech that's made more impassioned by the music that crescendos <laughs> behind it. But. Rather than anyone taking him seriously. I can't take this boy's face seriously. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely don't buy his his love story, and the fact. Oh my god, the 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 stupid moment at the um the end of the film where you know he's playing in the concert and she turns to me like and you and then she points to everyone else like and you and you and you and he's his face turns lemon and he's like you whore. How dare you give your love to everyone his else? His face, his face was already lemon. <laughs> he looks like a human lemon. <laughs> He is the equivalent of a human, human lemon boy. Sour to the touch, sour to the taste. Legitimately, legitimately, why have Anne and Deck not aged in, you know? Oh, they use like human baby placentas to remain ageless or something. Some conspiracy like that. I literally think they're like vampires. Like when they're not on TV, they just sit in like a coffin and then they come out again. Like the cryogenic chamber syndrome. Maybe they look a bit older than they used to, but... They look great. They've probably had like one of the steadiest jobs on TV ever. Well, they've just been nonstop. Like, you know, credit where credit's due in, in, in real world terms. Appreciate the hustle. Because you know that any particular one of those reoccurring shows, like I'm a Celebrity or Britain's Got Talent or whatever else they're in, 
they they could they could easily live off just what they earn from that every year. So they must be absolutely oh, wrong. Oh, then some. I also think it's quite funny that Ant of Ant and Deck got into what? Did he have a DUI? Oh or God, something? yeah. Everyone's no, forgotten about it. Don't buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. I think. Right here's my point. I think for an anthology-related film, we're gonna have to three weeks to Christmas. We're gonna have to at the end decide which of the storylines were crap flicks and which. Oh, okay, yeah, actually, I quite like breaking it down by the anthologies and all these bums and tits. Because I think it's it's too sweeping a statement to say this isn't a crap flicks because some of it's awful and it's funny awful and we've been laughing at it. True. And some of it isn't. So I think the collective, okay, we can agree okay, overall, yeah. but I think there are I stories agree here that are crap flicks. that the fact that basically just as you get into a crap flicks element and start taking the piss out of it, it suddenly switches to a sad storyline and tries to make you feel bad for laughing at the film. It, it knew, He knew what we would do. He knew we'd try and tear it apart. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to throw some death in here. Let, let's see you make fun of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know your game, Richard Curtis. Oh, oh, big chin, big chin. It's so blue and wibbly. It's all blue and Look wibbly, how, sorry. Look what fucking mess she lives in. What squalor does this pigsty... <laughs> that, oh. <laughs> Words cannot describe her how much I d- dislike her. A wedding dress that isn't bright turquoise. She, yeah, she, she bright fit turquoise. Her. You know that gif I sent you of her just like freaking out with her chin? Every film. I can't believe I forgot she was in this. Wow. Sorry, you'd have got a way bigger reaction when you said Love Actually if I remembered Kieran Knightley was in this. <laughs> See, nowadays she'd be bollocked if her mobile went, but I suppose it might be part of her job that she's allowed to answer because of her situation. In the office? I've done, no, I've, I've jumped in an office, so I've forgotten what all the office politics are like. I don't remember how to like make tea and... If someone talk. from my team was continuously answering their mobile phone and it wasn't a work mobile, yeah, I'd be a bit like, come on. Like, you can't just take personal calls in the middle of the day, in the middle of a... But then I work in, like, a customer service team leader type position, so... Yeah. Like, thank God, that really that really dumbs down what I do. <laughs> That's a very bad way of explaining my job, but basically, yeah, you know, we got calls to answer. Yeah. Oh, here we are, back to Boringsville. This is a pretty shit chateau or villa, whatever it is, you know. Ah, uh, bonjour, mes amis. I like his what he's wearing. I'll give him that. You like his cardi top? Yeah. Also, mate, I'm so, I know I know he pervs out on her when she gets naked later swimming for his thing. I don't think she's very fit. Especially Colin Firth here is a bit younger. Well, in comparison to like Mr. Darcy. Yeah. She's fine. She's not like she's she's more fit than the other lady in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, if I had to choose <laughs> That one needs to be carried away by four and Palumpas, I think. <laughs> she obviously stole a big bit of chewing gum. Why would they ever expect him to drive her home after the shift? That is so weird. Especially when he doesn't imagine even... having a imagine having a cleaning service and the cleaner was like, or the main cleaner came along and was like, "Oh, can you just drive her home to her house at the for end?" Like, You'd be for like, like an uh, hour, no. and you have. <laughs> Um, nothing to say to no. each other in the car i imagine that would be so awkward and you have a full a full language barrier yeah exactly yeah. and it's a shit car Ugh. i okay the, the, my you could have done so much more with colin firth in a movie than this it's so boring 
his his whole story is so lame. Yeah, it's he's a bit of a wet blanket. This one. It never lets you settle this this film, as you said, because it just continuously pops it back and forth and switches it around. So, and like just just as you're getting into something, you're then switching. Here comes over. America. Yeah. So the film technically has highs and lows, but they're not connected to one narrative arc. So it's very yeah dysfunctional. Remember when that was quite a good representation of what American presidents look like? Well, this is this is a little bit of a kind of Tony Blair, George Washington, isn't it? George Washington? Yeah. <laughs> George Bush? George Washington. I meant George Bush. Four score and many presidents ago, George Washington and Tony <laughs> Fuck it, let's just bring back Abraham Lincoln while we're at it. I wonder if at the end of this hallway they've put, you know, because this is all the other prime ministers, if they've put Tony Blair up there. Um, That's a very good question. That'd be quite a good little detailed touch from the process. Also, come it, on. Like, this American sleaze on president straight away is like, oh, that's a fine piece of ass. I'll tap that. Awkward. Oh, I like these uh, fake American accents that have been yeah. like, you know, from accent school. We've <laughs> come in to be like, we will not consort on that <laughs> either. Okay, because we are Yankee Americans. <laughs> We're Yankee Doodles. <laughs> How can you move on? You haven't resolved anything. <laughs> Just like this film. Ho! Shots fired. As long as it's not something I don't want to get. Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing, but in a really terrible way. All right, cockmuncher. Do you want some tea? So, like, I know he walks back in on them, and clearly there's, like, a bit of a weird, awkward moment. But it's not like the American prison actually goes and bangs her. So why does he freak the fuck out about it? Well, they have like an, it's quite a little exchange, isn't it? Like it's, what, it's very what, in 20 seconds. And how quickly did it happen? Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Imagine if an American president just licked your ear. Well, especially like, if it was George Washington. <laughs> especially if it was you who was being licked. I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> right. One of us has got to be George Washington and the socials now. That's the thing. Nowadays, she runs to the tabloids, you know, like. She's filmed it on her phone. Fucking hell, yeah. Well, Christ, if this was Boris and Boris and fucking Trump, nobody would be going anywhere near them, would they? Well, imagine if it was Trump licking someone's yeah, exactly. ear. <laughs> Although Billy Bob Thornton is probably more Biden looking, but either, either or. Right, here we go. I'm going to be quite British now and stand up for what I believe in. Good old fashioned Britannia. Yeah, do you know what I mean? This this speech would be as it is, but because there's a, a slow crescendo of this music, it makes it feel so much more dramatic and powerful. Yeah. I remember when this came out, hearing this clip on the radio and it was played like, oh, it's so good. It makes you feel so British. I was like, ugh. Yeah, fuck you, America. <laughs> God. I mean, I will, we, we, I will say, though, Great Britain is like unfathomably powerful for how tiny it is in the world map, isn't it? Yeah, I think we, we just have a problem with uh, patriotism because, you know, the... the we fucked everyone over? Yeah, yeah. well, just in the the, uh, the association with, you know, having a like an England-only flag and things like that is just so heavily tied to, like, racism and stuff. It's very hard to be patriotic generally without having to like really focus on the monarchy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like the easier way to be patriotic and be like, Oh, we love Harry and, um, Megan and Royal weddings and Jubilees and stuff. But the second one, like, Oh, we really love England. So, like you're a bunch of racist colonial pricks.
Ooh, it's my sister. Oh yeah, I forgot that that's his sister. Again, this is she's so marginalized as a character. She's got her brother as the fucking prime minister. She's got a cheating husband and she's one of her best friends is is grieving the death of his wife. She doesn't have an easy life. She does not at all. And national treasure in real life, Emma Thompson. That that makes you feel even more. I remember once I watched this with my dad and he was like, well, like, he was talking to her about Emma, uh, Emma Thompson. He was like, well, if you are going to dress like a frumpy housewife, it's your fault. I was like, oh my and that's God. why your dad's Bill Nighy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was, he was like, she's dressing like she's 20 years older than she is, which is very true, but also her prerogative dad. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I wasn't going to get into that. Hello, boys. Oh, somebody asked me this question the other day. What was the music playing when he dances around in love, actually? And I couldn't remember. What, was it on like a quiz? Yeah, I thought it was something from like Journey, Don't Stop Believing or like something along these lines, but not, I couldn't get it. Apparently Hugh Grant absolutely hated filming this and said it was the most embarrassing thing he's ever done. Really? Oh, I don't believe that, Hugh. I also thought it might be It's Raining Men. (laughs) I think that is Tony Blair at the end there. (laughs) <laughs> I thought he meant the guy in the bottom left who was like well old <laughs> I was like oh Tony's growing a beard <laughs> have you ever done this where you've been dancing on your own and then someone's like seen you or come in or um not to this like I've definitely been like listening to music with my headphones on dancing around the kitchen but when someone's interrupt me I've more freaked out about the fact I didn't hear or see them as opposed to they caught me dancing because you know like I said before I'm a goofy goofy loon at times I've got no problem shaking the move like that Hugh so Get over yourself, Prime Minister. And shake it, baby. You're the only person, I think, you could get away with saying the line, I'm a goofy loon at times, and not make me want to punch them in the face or cringe. <laughs> I genuinely think that. I just that thought just flashed through my mind, and I was like, oh, wow, he really can't get away with saying that line. Sweet. I can get away with murder, then. Moida. Moida. Yeah. Oh, good. We're back to the cleaner and the guy who's writing. <laughs> cleaner and the writer. Oh. It's one of the worst. Uh, no wonder she hates Uncle Jamie. Imagine how boring this film would be if this was the film. I think that's a good perspective. Let's look at the stories and go, okay, would this story work out if it was a standalone film? Also, you fucking idiot doing this outside like this. Yeah, what was he... Possibly, it's already clearly windy, right? This is not her fault. Yeah. Ah, Lemed! Sacre bleu! They are important. It's your entire book. That's a nice knitwear he's wearing. This is the whole, oh, some soppy romantic music plays and, uh, oh, she's taking off her clothes and slow-mo. Again, it's this it's this music piece again, isn't it? Yeah. Do, 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 do. Oh, she's got a nice body. Now I'm in love with her. Oh, look at that tramp stamp. She must be my girl. Oh, no. Of my dreams. Oh, God. Oh, God. Spaz, that hasn't aged well. Oh. Oh, I'm so charmingly befuddled. I just fell in. This is this is the Hugh Grant. Uh. Oh, and also they do this device with this storyline all the time where she'll say something and magically he's saying something very connected to it, even though they're not speaking the same language. And it really annoys me because it's so basic and it's really easy writing. But the thing is, that's for the audience. They don't have a fucking clue that they're on the same page. She could be saying, you're a fucking idiot. And he's like, well, you don't understand me. It could actually be the total opposite. But, you know, don't make us think this is them falling in love because they definitely don't understand each other. She would have put on other clothes by now. I'm sorry. 
She'd be she'd be wearing one of his items of clothing or something. She's not going to be standing there in a towel. I don't know, Joe. A girl wearing a guy's clothes is pretty sexy. Maybe they thought that was a bit too much for this PG film. No, this wasn't PG. It's got to be a 15 at least. It's tits. Look, 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 every bit of dialogue is a direct reference to what it's... I mean, at least now they're actually trying to communicate. But before they would just happen to be joking and musing about the same thing. Now, I, I like what you said before about Maid and the Rider. One can't speak English, the other's really boring. <laughs> Maid and the Rider. Yeah, good luck trying to turn that oh. into a sitcom. But also think of it, don't you don't you feel like if they could just take out a few of these stories, they could have then embellished the other stories in a more satisfying way? Mate, I'm telling you, watch Modern Love. On, on Amazon, I think that does what we're going to conclude here with, and we, we can break it down, but the idea of taking one of these and just fleshing it out. And, you know, it's not really, it's not a true anthology, as in they don't really have, like, a massive all-linking kind of narrative, other than it's a different exploration of a different uh, type of relationship, uh, you know, in terms of, like, gender or dynamic or kind of whatever, or sexual preference. So, no. They don't have this connection already. No, no. no. God damn it, Jamie. Why do you have the worst storyline in this film? Why are they in love? Like, it makes no sense. Oh, because the music's <laughs> playing, Joe, and they can hear it, and it makes it more romantic. It's this, you, 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 you clock this. It's so true. This music is so overused in this film. It would make a fantastic drinking game, which, okay, I'm standing by it now. If I'm in a Christmas scenario this year, and someone's like, oh, we have to watch this film, I'm going to get blattered. And I'll be playing that amongst some other, some other drinking game, because I'm not watching this twice this year. That's also the happiest man eating cereal. <laughs> oh, eating cereal standing up as well. What a weirdo! Careful, don't open the jo- the door. It's gonna take your eye out. <laughs> oh, no thanks. You, you got your chin all stuck in it. I think Joe, this is how I would react in real life if Kira Knightley was trying to be my friend. <laughs> I would be so bitchy and curt and just fucking... I would just would not give her anything. Are we supposed to believe that this this waif of a lady is there eating a full pie and some munchies Lies. of a day? That's so awkward. No one says that to each other. Especially not joking? to your... The, the guy who is best man at your wedding. I would be mortified if anybody's wedding hate me. would say. Imagine, like, even if you've like, not been massively close to someone, imagine walking up to them being like, I know you don't really get on and you don't really like me. So it's like, oh God. But clearly I at can't. this stage in whatever long-term, like they have a long-term um, friendship relationship, like, you know, history to be saying it at this point now, like well after the wedding and to be like, oh yeah, it's still really awkward between us for some reason, but I feel like we should address it now. Also, um, Andrew Lincoln's character has been dressed by Burton menswear. <laughs> you know it's true. <laughs> I was thinking that with it with an interconnected t-shirt and jumper. That uh, it's it's the uh, the uh, the season of um uh, what uh, Colin Firth's character was wearing. Yeah. So uh, Kieran Knightley's character is looking at a video clips that uh, Andrew Lincoln's character has taken of her at their wedding. Uh, and it's her face taking up all of it. Lovely. Look at, at it. Look at it. Her face is taking up the whole shot. <laughs> Why is that, Joe? Answer me that. Riddle me D. <laughs> it's because he's obsessed with her. <laughs> he was zooming in on the chin a bit. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to zoom away from the chin, I think. That's why it has to be so close. Why are 
are they highlighting it? They're making it so much worse. Oh my god. I honestly hope nobody listening likes Kieran Knightley because you will fucking hate me. What would you do if you went to a party? Or say you went to one of our house parties or something. Nice. And then someone's like, oh, it's some, and then you found that someone had been secretly videoing you the entire night. Uh, psh- oh god, oh Joe, the music's playing. Drink. Fucking hell. I, I should be having a it's the season. I need to break this. I don't care if it's a Wednesday we're recording. I need to be drinking, man. <laughs> and actually, the only reason I stopped having having bevies with crap flicks and chill, uh, not just because <laughs> it would be quite a lot, uh, was because we switched to Mondays. Now we're at Wednesdays. That's a party day. Damn right. Wednesday is practically Thursday, which is basically Friday, which means it's the weekend. Oh, but th- this is a missed opportunity because our, our next recording session, we're then hitting the lash the next day. So I've got to be fresh for that. So I don't know. Two days, baby. I would be... Answer me, though. What What would you... How would you feel if you if you found out that someone had filmed you this closely like uh, that? I think it has to be taken out of the context of the wedding because I think his, like... His get-out excuse for this is, oh, it's your wedding and I've captured all this like wonderful moments of you. Yeah, if it was just a house party of yours and someone's filming my phone, I'm like, you fucking creep. Even if they were fit. Oh, come on. Like, very, very obviously, that was a video of him being in love with her, right? So regardless of the wedding, that is not okay that he has filmed all that. Oh, yeah. Like, don't go out. Like, it's, it's, it's his really weak excuse, but it is fucking weird, yeah. How can you take... Andrew Lincoln, who is another very good actor, and give him this drip of a character. But I think, do you know what I, I think is a, is a great... Well, okay, let's do some film theory here. He basically, he leaves the flat now because he's so embarrassed and he's actually so mortified, Joe, that he's on the same plane as Colin over to the States, except he ends up in uh, Chicago or wherever The Walking Dead starts off and then builds his life there with uh, Carl. So this is connected to The Walking Dead universe and then at some point she comes along in a pirate ship and it's all disney yeah, yeah. she <laughs> she flees the scene and joins the pirate crew. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly i think in no better way to celebrate 2003 let's stop whilst dino um, is playing <laughs> yeah wow wow love actually guys um okay so here's how we're going to play this game i think I think what we have to do is talk about each storyline in turn, remind ourselves of what happens next in the story, then review whether or not we think individually they are a cat flicks or not. Cool. Do you, yeah. do you want to go chronologically from the, if we can remember the order? Uh, sh- well, I'll just, I'll just finger count them. So we've so let's all. start. So the Bill first, Nighy. Yeah. Rocker. Bill Nighy. Is that a crap flicks? Uh, I, I don't think so, but the, the story, so the, the remaining story for Bill Nye's character is he gets to Christmas number one, does a naked dance on TV, uh, gets, and then what is, uh, tells his manager that he likes him, basically. Not in that way, just in like a platonic Yeah, it's, it's quite like uh, soft friendly. It's not like, you know, too like washed up rocker let's really play it for laughs kind of thing yeah i i would say it's a it's a nice story i don't think it's a good flicks and i don't think it's a crap flicks i think Middle it's some kind of mid flicks yep. agreed uh Next. right colin firth getting cheated on going to france portuguese woman and then going to like want to marry her and ditching christmas yeah that is that is a crap flicks 
That is a crap flicks. It's crap for a few reasons. It's dumb. It's easy to take the piss out of. Of it, the story would never happen like that. You don't feel it's, sorry for him at any point. You feel like he's secretly actually brought it all on himself. Yeah, and then the whole the the, the stupid moment where his entire novel like disappears into the wind Ugh. was just ludicrous. So yeah, I, I'd say that that that's a crap flicks for me. That one. Yeah, and it's also painfully unnecessary. And Colin Firth is much better than that. Yes, so he knows it, better. He that is a crap flicks trait, my friend. Um, and that is an example of the script being so bad that he had nothing to do and nowhere to go yeah. with it. Um, next up, um, so we've done two, have we? Or yeah, we've three? done two. Uh, sad Liam Neeson uh, wife dies with 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 young boy not his who struggles with with that and learns to play the drums I think this is a 50-50 okay I think the him trying to find love and be the drummer and get with a girl is a stupid crap flicks and very much in tone with everything else I think if the if it's the other half of the film though and like you said it built up to the moment of his uh, of the funeral and we, you know, we actually work backwards from there. It's probably a really sad, like, tragic film. Yeah, I'm in agreement. The young boy is a crap flicks. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he is a, the crap flicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Liam Neeson's grieving character is pretty good. So, uh, yeah, he, there, there are half crap flicks. That, there, yeah, that, that we, we, we'll split well, that one down the line. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Then we've got... Um, it's a real tiny cameo. Let's just do Martin Freeman and... Join the page being stunt doubles. I don't think there's enough there to really know what that is. It's just not. It's not a story like the others are a story. Yeah. It's it's such a. It's like you could you could sum it up in one line. It's that pointless. Some some stunt doubles fall in love. Great. Emma Emma Thompson's really tragic life story. It's too it's too good. It's too good. It belongs in a different movie. It's probably the only story that I would actually like to see as a full movie. Yeah. Um. Because not a like to actually that's the wrong the wrong thing to say. But It'd be I could imagine being a successful good movie. Yeah. Because she something about her and her acting she makes it so good that she really draws you in even with the limited screen time. And I don't think that's a plot device to make you feel for her. I think that's just fucking I good I think acting. that is just her, mate. Really like, it's, you know, it's like when Helen Mirren or Maggie Smith or somebody of that caliber pops up on screen, you know, whatever the film is, even if it's a cameo, they're going to steal. Like, even the end of it is like beautifully ambiguous that you yes. have no idea if they work it out, if they don't. I like that. It's, it's a good end to a good story and I, this is this is an example of not getting enough fleshing out of a story that was good however definitely him going to buy the fucking necklace from Rowan Atkinson is a massive crap flicks that is an unnecessarily drawn out and stupid scene that scene is a crap flicks but overall I actually put this in a good flicks category this storyline yeah it's good it's got it's got depth they're good it's great uh Jack stop it my chin's getting married um the best man hates uh, me absolute absolute crap flicks that is crap flicks start to finish crap flicks it's annoying it's annoying at the end when he comes with the cards and tries to like confess oh. their lover and then they kiss which means that she cheated on her husband and it's all oh. completely pointless uh she, what an idiot i hate the way she acts it she's so easy to rip so yeah that's a crap flicks absolutely um hugh grant as prime minister and martin mcclutchin crap crap flicks, crap flicks. 
crap flicks where I think we probably pissed ourselves the most watching that. I don't really actually think it's Marty McCutcheon's fault. It's just her character is an idiot. Yeah. And, uh, and I just think the story's ludicrous. Later on, that carries on because she kind of had a bit of a dalliance, the lightest dalliance of all with the US president. Uh, she, um, he basically sacks her, doesn't he? He moves her yeah. on to another office. Which, and, okay, you know. But then later when she sees her, she's cool with it because why not? You know, true love. Um, but yeah, I, that is absolutely a crap flicks, that one. And finally, the only one I can think of is our boy Colin going over to being shit at catering and whatever job he, other job he does and going, oh no, actually no, there's one more, uh, going over to America with all the babes. Uh, ludicrous. Would never happen. Like, and, and, and it annoys me because it's so stupid. So yeah, for me, that's a stupid that's a crap flex for sure. And unfortunately, like ladies also, and gentlemen, like it doesn't actually happen. In- you go all the way around the world and you just mingle with your own people. So <laughs> not happy with that. Um, Oh my God, I've just remembered the three girls. Not only is one Denise Richards, but one is the wife from Madman and the other one is uh, from Schitt's Creek. Final one, uh, Laura Linney with um, uh, the struggle with her brother, but then also stupidly fit designer. Who? Uh, it's just depressing, overly realistic, belongs to a different movie. So... Really, what this is, is like an intertwining collection of different anthologies that are of the same tone, botched together into this tonal mess of a film where some of it is light, cuddly romps and some of it is very deep and depressing. And as you quite rightly said, the second you're about to take the piss out of it, it switches to some horror, like horrible scene that you feel sorry for someone. That's about. It. It's like, I just think it's such, it's such an emotional manipulation of a film. Like, and that's what I don't like about it. And I think it's all carry most of it with the two, with three exceptions. The only thing that I think tonally. We've made three exceptions. Yeah. And the only, the only one that I think tonally and consistently feels like a Christmas film, but is also sad, uh, and, and gets you is, is Emma, Emma Thompson's, Thompson's story. Well. Cause I think she's just flat out the best character. Well, in and I think film. that's the one that is so, fleshed out the most as well in terms of the whole film. Like she does go on the biggest character arc. She is connected to so many stories. She keeps getting brought in. So you see it developing as well. So you could cut out for me anyway, you could cut out Colin Frizzle's character. So the one who goes to America, you could cut out the two porno actors who are falling in love. You could cut out, Fucking chin and the and the and the wedding. Mate, video. you need bigger scissors. Again, it's not even it's not even Christmassy. Her getting married is not Christmassy. Like, so you cut that out as a story. So you've already lost three, which means if there are what nine interconnected stories, that means you're reducing it to six, which means you could then have a bit more running time. And in a two-hour movie, you could make quite a lot more. And actually, I would probably cut out uh, Colin Firth and the Lake as well because I think. So then you're down to five, five stories. You've got a lot more time on your hands. I'm going to say something even more controversial just to pile onto it. Kind of related. Actually, no, it is related. I think The Holiday should be cut into two different films. Uh, yeah, because it's got, because they're two very different in- stories. I don't think they to need to be splitting screen time and have the tenuous link that they do. I think they should operate in their own separate worlds. Not saying it's a crap flex. Yeah, I, I need agree. To, I need to go back and rewatch that. And from from that perspective again, but that was my takeaway being like, I can't decide 
what this film is is going for because just as I'm trying to work out this one, it jumps into something else and this is that on crack. But at Christmas still. Yeah. So it's funny, like very uh, quite early on you were like, oh, I don't know if this is a crap flicks. I think there are some parts of this that are absolute crap flicks. I think it is a crap flicks. Uh, having had this discussion, I think overall it's still a crap flicks with everything else in it. I think it's just done in a way that those little emotional tugs pop up at just the right moment to kind of just like you said that when Liam Neeson was on screen, and he's a good actor, and, and that is a uh, his side of the of the father son story is is on a par to me with Emma Thompson's. It's very sad, and you really feel for him, and you connect with him as a character very quickly. Uh, I just I maintain that it's it's an annoying device that they they drew you in just by but but not just by but by having a funeral. Do, very do you know what it's, it's like? Okay, here's the analogy: watching it, all the crap flicks elements of it are you in some bar or party where it's warm, you're dancing with all your friends, you're you're quite drunk or you're very tipsy, having a good time. Then it's only cuts and you're walking home in the cold and you're sobering up and being like, all the good time is suddenly gone. And you like you know it's like reality is like ref- like refreshingly hitting you and you're forgetting all the good stuff and then so you cut and you're back into the party again and it's having a good time and you're laughing and stuff that's what it feels like watching this yeah it really does I think it's I think it's emotionally manipulatively done the edit takes you right out of the moment every time you're in it because it keeps flicking along and and, and flicking Vice about. versa. I'd either want to watch a crap flick from start to finish and laugh at it or I'd want to watch a good flicks and be, you know, engrossed in Emma Thompson's character. Don't keep mixing the two together. That's making it a car crash. Because also, let's say you reorder this film and it's just nine separate stories that take place back to back. Which of those stories do you actually think are any good? Well, probably the the... the the darker emotional ones we've said and even then so this is why we had to half Liam Neeson's because I still yeah. think the ending <laughs> sorry so, so it's two and a half yeah. oh and the fucking run through the airport that would never have happened let's not yeah let's not, let's kid gets shot that. by so fucking really, air marshals I maintain if you want to turn this into a good flicks drop every story apart from, from Emma Thompson and, and Alan Rickman and then just play that out and do a feature length and then actually let's find out more about their life so it hits even harder that's how we fix let it let us know what happened next yeah so that's how we fix the film and we'll call it love actually comma actually love actually brackets without all the shite involved (laughs) or whatever it is i said at the beginning i can't remember (laughs) also don't you think there are like other explorations that they could have done with the concept of love of outside of these like very generic go go and watch modern love joe you give me so many recommendations my recommendation for you is if you want to see a love anthology played out minus crap flicks uh elements and minus uh a christmas narrative the first season of of uh modern love on prime with the stars they have the stories they tell is very engaging that's how this would have played out but you know that's a tv versus film comparison so who knows do we want richard curtis to make nine tv episodes probably not um like i just don't i like yeah so many of those stories wouldn't cut on their own and the only reason people like it is because they are so interspliced that you can't really hang on any of them long enough to realize how shit they are yeah it's like someone it's like someone flicking the channels like watching like like a collection of movie channels and just flicking between them all the time and you have to keep kind of pick it up and work out what the actually going on. that's probably a better analogy i just wanted to be out at a party uh who are you partying with <laughs> who's who's your chill award 
my chill award undoubtedly goes to uh, Rodrigo Santoro uh, or Human Aladdin, as I call him. What an absolutely gorgeous man! Uh, we didn't get to see it, but that that scene where he and the girl nearly have sex, but then she keeps getting answered uh, phone calls from her brother. I was like, oh, bitch, just have sex with him, then answer the phone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Kick him out of the house. What? Get that dick in you. Jesus. Get that what dick you? in you. Uh, well, it is going to be playing up to the... I'm romantic, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Get that dick in you, girl. Um, it is going to be playing into the the English boy, American threesome fantasy of fucking Denise Richards... Shannon Elizabeth, the uh, who have I, I wouldn't say no to one of them, let alone four. So, please, how, how do we make that happen? Anybody? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> it's your Christmas present from me. Jim. That, that's that's on my Christmas wish list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're not taking it from those pool of girls, I wouldn't know what was happening. Um, very nice. Well, that was Crapflix and Chill. We've been Joe and Jamie, and thank you for listening to the end of our podcast. Um, as Joe mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can find us over on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Facebook 2, and Instagram uh, <laughs> at Crapflix Podcast uh, <laughs> for, our, for our weekly socials. But um, <laughs> <Bell end. laughs> I'm just derailing this whole thing today. I've got a weird energy. But you can also <laughs> get in contact with us, crapflixpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, no, no, no spoilers, but we may have a listener suggestion coming up very soon. So get in touch with us if you enjoyed the podcast. Please do share us with a friend. We love a cheeky bit of word of mouth. Give us a rating on whatever platform you listen to us on. And most importantly, stay tuned for next week's episode. Forgotten how I close the show out. Good night. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>